Welcome to the first episode of Truth Soup. I'm Chris Stoltz, your host. Today, I wanted to come on and just talk a little bit about myself, my story, and why I'm doing this podcast. I was born in San Antonio, Texas. I went through grade school kind of all over Texas, Odessa, Andrews area, west out west Texas, and then down to Corpus Christi, Rockport area. And from there, we moved up to Kansas. And I went to junior high in a little town called Erie, Kansas. <laughs> uh, shout out, Erie. And, uh, and then I went to uh, nine weeks of my ninth grade year in Parsons, Kansas. Dropped out of school then and went through some uh, tumultuous times of my teenage years. <laughs> um, but we'll get into that later. And then I, I did uh, end up getting my GED before I was 17. I did start college a few times, a few different ways, uh, only to end up ever finishing um, one of them. And that was tech school vet assistant. I loved being a, a vet tech, been a vet tech for the last uh, 15 years or so, uh, also working in retail management over those years. And I decided that I wanted to do something different. I wanted to do a podcast. I wanted to do something where I felt like I could help people pick up some tools from listening to other people be vulnerable. I think there's a lot of strength in vulnerability, and I'm excited to explore that with you, my audience, through this experience, Truth Soup. And, you know, that's just, I guess, a little brief overview uh, about myself. I guess because I ask my guests this question, the most traumatic event in my childhood would be the first time I was sexually abused. I was six years old and it was by a family friend. <clears throat> but, you know, and I think one little way today that I help that trauma is I just try to stay vulnerable. Being able to stay vulnerable and asking for help, I think, is probably my biggest challenge, but I get the greatest gift when I do it. So that's a little bit of my intro. I know it's not long. I know it's not a lot. I will obviously be doing uh, future episodes personally and possibly having other guests on to interview me. And uh, maybe there's some podcasts out there that want me to be on their show. I don't know. We'll see what comes out down the line. Well, I really wanted to say also, if you're listening to this, I appreciate you. I think that it takes a lot to seek out uh, self-help, and I'm hoping that's exactly what this podcast is, is just some self-help for someone, a place where you can do it on your own time, do it when you want to, and get that help that maybe you can't get anywhere else. With that being said, uh, thank you for listening. Please visit our website. That is at truthsouppodcast.com. That's probably where you found this. If not, please visit us there. Again, that's truthsouppodcast.com. We are on all the social medias as well. So check us out there. I love you guys. I can't wait to continue this journey. To continue, I have a few of my guests come on and ask me a few questions. Welcome to the Truth Soup Podcast, where real people talk about real solutions. Join us as we speak with guests about their childhood trauma and the inner workings of their own coping skills, how these tools worked and didn't. We hope you'll pick up your own tools along the way.
Okay, we are back. I'm here with some of my first few guests on Truth Soup. All of those, of course, being my family members. I'm so excited to have all of them and appreciate all of them for doing this. We'll have in order uh, Michael Stoltz uh, presenting a couple of questions, Virginia Stoltz, then Shay Stoltz, and Jory Stoltz. So welcome, everybody, to the podcast. Thanks so much again for being here. And without further ado, I guess, Cody, you can go ahead. Okay. I have uh, my first question for you, Chris, is at what age did you uh, realize or feel like you were, and I'm going to use the term gay, when did you feel like you you were attracted to same sex? Well, that's... A bit of a difficult question, only because of time perception, but <laughs> I think I've always known. I think that I can't remember a time when I was looking at girls or, you know, attracted to girls. Uh, there was always a, a kind of, I guess, an inquisitive attraction to girls, more of a friendly attraction. But definitely, you know, of course, as I started to mature, 11, 12, somewhere in there. That's probably, I would say, where I I first, I guess, consciously was like, oh, okay, I like whoever, you know, Craig over Susan, I don't know, you know. Um, but, but yeah, so that would, I'd have to say probably like between 10 and 12. Gotcha. Interesting. Okay, cool. Oh, I have to have another one. Oh, that's- <laughs> I have. That um, and I guess my question is now, because I remember vividly when you came out uh, to me in particular. Um, was there a reason at that time that you came out to me, and maybe as opposed to somebody different? Oh, uh, that was a good. That's a good question. Definitely. I can say as uh, as part of my story growing up, mom had a bit of a, I don't know, there was a, I guess there was a, a stereotypical, um, I don't know, way that she would handle things and say things. And it didn't make me comfortable to want to come out to her. Um, of course, looking back and, and and everything at it now as an adult i i think how crazy i was as a child and thinking the things that i did of course because you know as we all know i did come out secondly to to mom and she handled it amazingly so it was just i think uh, an unwarranted fear um, of a child who was growing up in an, in a time where I think a lot of people in general were trying to figure out how to navigate having a, a son or a daughter that was was gay. Yeah. So, but yeah, I think I did I did have reservations about coming out to her, so that was why I came out to you. And of course, you know, at that time uh, of life, you guys were split up; you weren't together, and um, so. You know, not to be completely rude, but you, you know, if I came out to you and you didn't like it, all I had to do was say, okay, see you later. And I'm going back to my mom's house. So, um, so I guess that was, um, you know, in, in my, I guess I'll say childish mind at the time, you know, that was the reasoning behind coming out to you as opposed to her, uh, first. Right. Okay. I, 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 I
than, than coming out with somebody you actually lived with. Because Yeah, so I hear what you're saying. As an adult now, and the relationships you have been in the past, what have you learned about yourself to help yourself in those relationships, your current relationship? Learn from what? Uh, your past experiences as, as being a gay man and, and those things that come with the relationship. I guess there's a question in there somewhere. No, I think I, 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 I understand what you're asking. Like, um, I would say, yes, it does affect me today. I think that the thing that it affects most is my open-mindedness. Okay. Growing up as a gay man, I feel like because I wanted to be accepted by everyone, I tried to accept everyone for who they were. I wasn't always great at it, (laughs) but I definitely feel like that was, that's something that it affected was my ability to be open-minded and, and open, openly diverse, I guess. Gotcha. Very cool. Well, all right. Cool. Thanks for your questions. (laughs) I appreciate them. And I guess we'll move on to Virginia. Thank you. Ready? Yes, ma'am, of course. <laughs> so my first question for you is, what inspired you to start Truth Soup? My inspiration to start Truth Soup, honestly, was to help people. I didn't know, I, and, and I guess I, I will say, at the time, it wasn't Truth Soup. At the time, it was a notion in my head to help people. At, at the time that it became, uh, you know, something I became passionate about or something that I was inspired to do, it, it was just a thought of how do I take my past experience, how do I take my past experience and turn that around to help people? How do I make that into something that does help people? And so, I don't know, I think I came down to podcasting because podcasting seems like a good way to um, reach people that are looking for something re- re- very specific as an outcome to the the show uh, that they're listening to. So I think that's where the inspiration for Truth Soup came from was that passion to help people meeting a platform to which I, I know I could be kind of niche, if you will, with it. Okay, my second question to you is, Coming from a mom, a mother, (laughs) uh, trying to understand, you know, the difference in in who we are in life, is why do you think you're gay? Oh, gosh. (laughs) Good night. That's a good question. It definitely provokes a lot of thought in me because, of course, you know, I've thought about that question a hundred times million times and come up with a hundred million answers. And I guess the one that I've landed on is because this is the way that I was made. I think that my creator made me this way. I'm not the most religious man, but definitely spiritual. And in my spirituality, I've found that there's a higher power. Don't know what it is or who it is or how it is, but I do know that there is one. And to me, I guess that higher power said <laughs> I was I was going to be gay, and, and that was who I was going to be. Um, and I and I think somewhat of my scientific brain comes into that as well. And you know, maybe it is a, a, a chemical imbalance, as some people like to believe. I don't know. I think I'm too small to try to figure that out. Really, <laughs> I guess what what answer I come to is um, that that. You know, this is just the way that I was made. This is this is who I am. So I guess that's why I'm gay. 
<laughs> nice. Well, I'm really proud of you. So just wanted to put that out there. I look to you, you for inspiration in life um, around, you know, understanding and knowing who you are. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you for your questions. Okay, Ms. Shea, you're up. Okay. <laughs> this is tough for me, but I know that this focuses, you know, mostly on childhood traumas and kind of becoming the people that we are as adults. And Definitely. now that I'm a parent, um, I do look at uh, my childhood in, in a much different light. I have to admit, just realizing that we're all humans and how easy it is to make a mistake in the eyes of your kids. So my first question for you um, would be, I want you to tell me one of your happier memories of being a kid, something that really sticks out from your childhood that you remember and look back on is feeling super happy or feeling really loved in that moment. Good question. Thank you. That's, I, I love it. <laughs> Sit my mind in a different direction, which is, is perfect. I would have to say, looking back to my early, early childhood, some of my earliest memories are whenever I was very little and I was, you know, I must have been seven maybe going on eight or something like between six and eight somewhere in there i i cooked a lot with mom mom would um you know she she would be, always be cooking of course and, and and i always wanted to be in the kitchen with her cooking i mean let's be completely honest i'm his mama's boy so i always wanted to just be next to her. <laughs> but, you know i but i think specifically to answer you know the question it it's those times whenever we were cooking together and i would just be helping her and it just seemed like you know when i look back on it now it seems like before I was even a person, <laughs> you yeah. know, like before I was even being, it seems like it was that long ago or that far away. But yeah, that would definitely be, yeah. That's awesome. That would be my... <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> good question. Thank you. <laughs> I try to focus on a lot of the good stuff rather than the bad. So this is tough. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> but um, something that you and I have in common is dad. And um, also not having dad close growing up. Um, how do you think that affected you and kind of shaped you? Very good question. I, I think it's shaped me greatly to give a short answer. The long answer, I would say, is, you know, I guess feeling what I feel like was to have that positive male role model in my life just affected me in the way of like knowing and I'm putting air quotes up right now, like how to be a man. <laughs> um, and it, you know, and, and I use that loosely just because of course there's so many ways to be a man. <laughs> um, but I guess, you know, I just, I just mean, you know, some of those more masculine ways of doing things are, are kind of, I guess, having a stronger, tough love approach to things. Not that I did not get that from my mom or, or, or have that example from her. I think, you know, she was still, you know, a woman and it was still, it was a way that I looked at it as, you know, well, she's, she's a woman, so she can't teach me those things or she can't show me those things, which of course were not true, but you know, of course, as we, as I grew up, that's what I thought about was, mm. you know, how, how do I, you know, how do I, how do I do this or how do I do that? I don't know. Peeing, I guess. <laughs> 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 you know, 
you know, I, I, I think, you know, I, whenever I had some of maybe those more male driven questions that I, that I was hoping for, you know, a male to be there and, and be able to talk to about it. Um, I didn't have that. So I think it shaped me in the way of, I guess, maybe wanting a male presence in my life more. Um, and I definitely can say that <laughs> I have daddy issues. <laughs> <laughs> I think that I have those daddy issues because of, you know, my dad not uh, being present in, in life as I grew up. So, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, I think that's, that's all I got for you, brother. All right. Perfect. I think I, I appreciate it. That's good. All right, Mr. Joy, what you got for me, sir? Uh, my first question is kind of a two-parter because I think, I think a lot of people suffer from a form of PTSD or CPTSD and they don't, most people don't even know it. So I would say my first question being, have you ever suffered with repressed memories? And if so, how did you go about recovering them and or finding a way past them so that they weren't looping in your brain? Good question. The answer is yes. PTSD from my first uh, sexual trauma when I was six. I didn't know till about, I guess it was, I guess it was about five years ago, six years ago or so. I went through, and I'm going to mess this up. I know I am. EMDR, I believe is what, and I, and it has, it, I'm going to mess it up and I'll just have to come back later and try to correct this. But it's a, it's a, it's a form of therapy that deals with lights and diodes. You hold two diodes in your hands, um, in your right and your left hand, and then there's a light bar in front of you. And um, they use this to unrepress memories because, of course, when we do go through trauma, um, we do repress memories. Um, our brain actually does that to protect us. So, uh, and of course, when that happens, then it does, like you said, loop the thought loops and it loops because that's what your brain did right at the time. Whenever the trauma happened, it kind of stopped you, stopped your brain from kind of uh, committing that to another pathway. And it made this new pathway. And that's the loop that, um, that you get stuck in, if you will. And I definitely got stuck in that emotionally uh, more than anything. And, you know, kind of was stuck as like this little pissed off six-year-old that was just walking around the earth like expecting everybody to take care of him and when somebody didn't take care of me then I just got pissed off and you know yelled and screamed at them or you know or whatever I needed to do at the time to to make them leave me alone if you will when all I really wanted was for somebody to to hold me but I went through and I I hate that I can't think of the name of it but it's a Again, a therapy that deals with light and, and diodes and you hold diodes in your hand and they take you back through um, this traumatic event and uh, bring up those repressed memories and help you to bring them to the forefront of your mind so that you can make those new neural pathways and kind of get, get past, uh, if you will, that loop, um, kind of make that new path. I guess my second question would be also, Dealing with CPTSD as an adult, because like there can be some pretty adverse effect, physical effects that make it hard to even like operate as an adult, you know, like physical shakes and anxiety and depression that can be debil completely debilitating. And it really affects your trying to accomplish things that would be otherwise simple and easy for someone 
you know, just any other adult who might not have experienced trauma and be and be pushed into that fight or flight state. Because like like you were saying, what what happens in trauma is when that loop keeps going, it keeps you in that fight or flight state. Mm-hmm. And I find myself exactly. falling into that flight state, you know, too often and just out of nowhere, I'll just trigger and I'll just be in that flight right back in that flight state. And uh, I have to do a lot of meditation and exercising to try to get get away from it. So, so for me, it actually affected me the complete opposite way. For me, the trauma forced me to be better, if you will. Like when I am under stress or I'm under anxiety or I'm feeling that that loop of anxiety come inside of me, what it does for me is it, it actually kind of it almost activates this like power person, like this person who's got to do everything and he's got to do it perfectly and he's got to do it right. And it's got to be just the perfect, most perfect way you can do it. And it's, and it's never going to be good enough. So, you know, and that's kind of my loop or that's the way I get whenever I have that anxiety. And, and I, you know, I deal with it, of course, in the same ways that you do today, I read or meditate or, um, or, or just take it. Sometimes it's just take, you know, taking a I I know that that's something that has definitely helped me is just like freaking if I take five seconds, 10 seconds and just like, hold on, what, what's, you know, why are you, why are you having this physical, you know, reaction to some, what should otherwise be some kind of mundane <laughs> response or other adults who, you know, have uh, better managed, you know, it's like, oh, well, I shouldn't be reacting that way. And so if I am, then I do take that, you know, that 10 seconds and go, okay, well, obviously this is me and it's something I'm reacting to and I need to chill, chill, <laughs> chill out. <laughs> yeah, spot on. Good questions. Good questions. Thank you. I have to, does anybody have any follow-up questions before I? No, sir. No. Well, I guess, you know, I, I will just kind of round this out by saying it's amazing to have you four people in my life, four of who I consider to be the closest people in my life, the people that I could ask for anything and you would give it un, you know, just uninhibited and, and, and unconditionally. So uh, with that being said, I love the questions. I appreciate the questions. They were spot on. They were perfect. I couldn't have asked for a better interview from four people in the world. So, mm-hmm. um, I love you all, and I guess we'll call it good there. So I love you all, and Truth Soup podcast out there, I love you guys too, and we'll see you soon. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Truth Soup podcast, where real people talk about real solutions. Join us next time 